Debbie and I'm sitting here with one of my best friends, Wendy. Hi, Wendy. Hi, Debbie. This particular podcast, Wendy, I really wanted to just chat with our team. So just to let listeners know, uh, we belong to a Dragon Boat team, and the Dragon Boat team is breast cancer survivors. One of the things I thought would be great is if we talked about our journey of breast cancer and share it a little bit, because I think it's really important. So that's the purpose of this. Why don't you tell me, so how long ago did you have breast cancer? I've uh, been lucky enough to have breast cancer twice. Oh my God. 2002 okay. and then again in 2012. 2002, I found a lump, went to my doctor, about a week later had a mammogram and ultrasound. I got a call that night that said it was cancer. Went to see my doctor the next day and everything moved so fast. It was almost like a blur. I had a lumpectomy a week after that and then decided to have a mastectomy end of October. I had I was diagnosed September 30th, had a lumpectomy, mastectomy October 31st, and then started chemo in November. I took, um, after I had the lumpectomy, I sort of went back and forth whether I should have a double mastectomy or not. And I just opted for the, um, just the one breast. Right. So, yeah. Okay. And then 2012, I had a routine ultra, um, mammogram and it was on the uh, side that I had already had the mastectomy. And at that time they were doing mammograms sides with mastectomy. Since then they've canceled those. They won't do it. But anyway, they found the second lump. In that in that side on that side oh my god so, yep for through uh, just a regular mammogram so it, so at that point was it a lumpectomy again and um, they removed they removed the lump and then I did uh, radiation okay yeah. so you didn't need chemo the second Not time the second around time, no. and how old were you when that happened the first time the first time it was in two thousand two I was forty six your kids your family that um, must have been quite a shock my daughter was twelve. And my boys were 17 and 19 at the time. Wow. So, yeah, it was it was quite a shock. When we told them, though, we told the boys and our daughter the exact same things. We didn't keep anything from our daughter because she was young, because she was female. We told them everything. Right. Um, I think that helped them with dealing with it. Yeah. Yeah. And how was your husband with this all? How was Dale with it all? <sighs> Very protective. I, yeah. Yeah. He was a basket case when I wasn't around, but he was he was very good. He very held strong good. with you in yeah. when you were around. Yeah, that's right. Unfortunately, he didn't really have anybody to talk to at the time because I didn't know anyone that had gone through breast cancer. It was just sort of something new to me. I never even really thought about breast cancer. Yeah, we don't. No, hey? it's no. yeah, it's just one of those. Yeah, it's not going to happen to us. That's right. Yeah. And, and I was diagnosed at the end of September, and because Breast Cancer Month is October, every time I turned the TV oh. on or turned the radio on or went into a store, I heard breast cancer, breast cancer. I saw pink things. I couldn't figure out what was going on, but every time I turned around, I was reminded. I didn't even have sort of an hour to myself where I could just go to the store and forget about things. Right. And there was a pink apron with a big breast cancer ribbon on it. It's hard. That, that first year is really hard. How many how many cancer cancer treatments how many uh, chemo treatments did you have you know do you remember I, I don't remember but I remember having my first one in November and having my last one in March okay so, so it's about four months of yeah. treatment okay and did you have any complications with it I did my blood count cell counts were very low so I had to go on a lipogen oh, yeah. and that was that was pretty that, wicked that was horrible yeah yeah I did that too yeah. yeah. 
I hear you on that one. And that was after every treat, the first three days after every treatment or something? No, it's, um, I had first two treatments and I was fine. And then my counts were really low. So then I was having, um, actually I had to go to the hospital every second day and have a, a needle. They, um, oh God. I went to the hospital and they trained me how to give myself a needle. And the first time I had to do it at home, I practiced all day long on an orange with a <laughs> syringe. Yeah. And when it came time to do it, I couldn't do it. I just panicked. I was just, I was in tears just beside myself. My husband offered to do it for me, but he has a tremor in his hand. So I didn't want him <laughs> coming near me with a needle. But bless his heart, he did offer. <laughs> so we arranged to uh, take medication to the hospital every second day. And I'd go up to the chemo ward and they'd give me the injection. Now in 2002, did you have your, your chemo in Kitchener? I did. And that okay. was before the new cancer center was set up. So okay. I was down in the, almost like the bowels of the basement. They had us down in some old wing where they were doing all the cancer treatments there. Is, uh, I've been down there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not a pleasant place. No. It's Feels very claustrophobic. Yeah. Second time, though, everything was done in the new. Was building, it? Like Good. No, yeah, it really is. Literally, windows. That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Big windows. So now, post post treatment, you had radiation the second first time around as no, well. Just, no, just, just chemo, chemo. Yeah. and everything was fine yeah. for seven years, and uh, then and and then the second time around. Did you find the? Oh, you said it was a just the the regular mm-hmm. checkup, right? Yep. And. What was that like? Because I have, I've only had it once. I don't even know what I would begin to. I was just as panicked as I was the first time. Yeah. Because I thought, here we go again. And my kids were older. My son was, I think he was overseas in Korea and teaching English. And my other son was in university and my daughter was, she was in university as well. She just finished university. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a lot on the family for that to happen again, right? And everything's okay now? Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. I feel the best I've ever felt. Good. Yeah. Good. So it was just on the, the, the breast that you had the mastectomy. Yes. But nothing, everything is fine on your other breast. The other one is fine. Yeah. And so you're aging appropriately. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> you know what I love about this group is that we can ha- we can talk about things like that, right? And laugh about it. As opposed to people who haven't gone through it find it a bit harsh, but I, I, I that's what I find too. If you say something funny about having breast cancer, people look at you like you're crazy. Yeah. You shouldn't talk like that. Yeah. You know? But I think I've had some of my best laughs because I had cancer. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And has it been with other cancer patients? And my family. And, and your family. Because they understand yeah. what I went through. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. other cancer patients, because we can say anything we want to say. Yeah. You know, with other cancer patients, they understand. Yeah. yeah. So we belong to a Dragon Boat team, the Dragon Flyers. You're one of the founders of that, right? I was one of the first paddlers, yeah. First paddlers. So you want to give me a bit of history on what happened, how that came about? Well, and... it, was, it was kind of odd. I was looking for a volunteer opportunity, and so I went on the um, Hope Spring website. Mm-hmm. And there was an announcement that there was going to be a meeting that night or the next night for a breast cancer survivor dragon boat team. And I had never heard of dragon boat teams. Um, so I went to the meeting and I think there were maybe two others from my original team there and a, quite a few other people that didn't join the team for whatever reason. And then there was, of course, the um, university students that were heading it up. And one of, they wanted to expand the program and they had heard of dragon 
breast cancer survivor dragon boat teams um, in Canada and internationally, and they decided that they wanted to see if they could get one going in, in Kitchener-Waterloo. Okay, so that's how it started. Yeah. But it started as a, like, as a, not all survivors, no, right? No, we had, I think the first year, we had maybe seven breast cancer survivors, some cancer survivors, and just some some friends. Okay, so some supporters yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. So the team has been around for how long? Um, this coming year will be our seventh year. Wow, yeah. wow, and I've been involved for... I think this will go into my third or fourth year. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. So what do you find about it that did you just want to get involved just because it was a cancer, like it was a sport or? I think one reason was because it was a sport. Yeah. And it was very unusual. And it's something to just kind of brag about. I do dragon boat racing and people sort of look at you, well, what's that? Because I didn't have any really one that I knew when I went through cancer treatment. I didn't have any, like a support group outside my family and immediate friends. I didn't have a support group of, of cancer patients. So this was kind of cool to see other women that had gone through treatment and, you know, they were okay and I was okay. Can you talk about the benefits that you've gotten out of dragon boating? I think health, for one thing. Right. I, I feel so much better than I probably would have had I had not done this. I'm, I'm, you know, I go to the gym all the time now, which I may not have done had I not done this. I've traveled, which I would not have done had I not had cancer and joined this team. I've met some absolutely wonderful, wonderful people. My paddling pals, I call them. Yeah. And I've seen these sunsets on Laurel Creek, which are absolutely Stunning. beautiful, which I would not have seen had I not had cancer and joined this team. Yeah, it's really quite a camaraderie of, of women. And we're all there to support each other when stuff goes down. I mean, we've all, we've each had of our, our challenges since we've been on, well, since I've been on the team. The women have been great, just giving me that support, encouragement as well. Now, our, our coach is not a breast cancer survivor. And she does a really good job with us. She doesn't really mollycoddle us too much, does she? She doesn't, no. She just really makes us work hard, which is great because that doesn't, at least for me, I feel normal. I don't feel as if I have to be careful. Right. But you know what I mean? I can give it my best. and She expects us to do our best. Yes. Right? She doesn't look at us as, as cancer survivors. Right. Because we don't look at ourselves as cancer survivors. Exactly. And I love it that she'll say things like, put your boob to the gunnel. And then, you know, some of us are there like, some of us don't have a boob. <laughs> Again, that's the humor. Of that is cancer. the humor. Of right. it. And it is really a great time. Mm -hmm. So now, what are, you're retired now. I am. And how's that going? It's going great. Is I'm, it? I'm really enjoying myself. Good. Yeah, I decided to retire because I was, since I was about 19 years old, I've had to take care of people for about a year when I lived on my own and I thought you know what it's time for me to do whatever I want to do and, and what are you doing what are you have, well it's only been new it's only been a couple of weeks right about, um, <laughs> you got involved in politics right, right away <laughs> <laughs> yeah two weeks off and I worked the election for six weeks yeah it's um I still get up at 5 30 quarter to six every morning I sit and read the paper in the in the early fall I was able to sit out my back porch and have a cup of coffee and read the paper which nice. is absolutely beautiful and you know, the only downfall so far is that we sold our second car because we thought we don't need two cars. 
my husband works part-time, so he's home by 1.30, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So if I need to run around, I can do that. Or I can go for a walk. I can walk to the store. I can walk to the gym. So, so far, it's been okay. That's great. Yeah. And your kids are doing good? They're doing fine. Yeah, yeah. great. Yeah. You're a grandmother now? I'm a grandmother. Etta is going to be two in March, and uh. she's going to have a little sister in January. So. <gasps> How exciting! Yeah. Yeah. One of the things, back to cancer... Did you find that people said things to you that just you wanted to kind of lash out? Only one person. And it was, I was working at a church at the time I was diagnosed in the office and the minister had left about two weeks before I came, or, yeah, I, two weeks before I started, but he came back to pick something up and I had been going through chemo and he looked at me and he said, I heard you got a new hairdo. I thought that was, <laughs> this was a minister. And I'm like, this is a horrible thing to say to me and I I didn't I just looked at him I didn't say a thing oh wow to say to somebody that had cancer I heard you got me your hair do it just that was the only thing that anyone has ever said to me yeah my story is uh somebody said to me there'll be great lessons in this for you (laughs) I just said oh no great gifts in this for me and now you know in, in the context we would say that to each other all the yeah. time about yeah. stuff, right? So she came at it from a good place. But I looked at her and I went, you know, I'd rather have a present that's wrapped in a box and with a bow on it than this. And I said that I'm just in the thick of this. I just can't even wrap my head around the gifts mm-hmm. of this. Now the gifts are the dragon boat team, right? The gifts are meeting you. The gifts are doing these podcasts. You know, there are a lot of gifts in the end, but man, right in the thick of it. And I think if it had come from another cancer survivor, yes, you probably would have, okay, yeah. let me get that my head around that. Yeah. But coming from someone that doesn't know. Hasn't been through it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really hard. There's a website. Um, I'll have to find it. There's a website that lists things never to say to a cancer patient. <laughs> she'd been through cancer and people were just coming up to her with all different kinds of things now you know what i've been guilty of it myself with people who i've heard with cancer i remember when i was oh my god in my 30s and there was all this talk about i got sucked into the whole oh you know you don't have to have cancer and there's this and you can do that and if you ate right and la 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 and i sat and talked to a woman who was dying from cancer and I breast cancer and I didn't know. And here my 30 year old self was spouting all this stuff. She was very gracious, but man, that's one of my big, Oh my God, you know, you got to learn to edit yourself, right? You really have to learn to do that. Oh, well, you know, you live, you live and learn. And luckily we're living and learning each day. I asked Wendy, did she feel that she lost her femininity? And so, yeah, so why don't you chat a bit about that whole process? When I finally decided to have a mastectomy, I went back and forth about whether I had one or both off it, and I just couldn't have both removed. And I remember the night before my surgery, I stood in front of the mirror without my shirt, and I actually said goodbye to my breast. And I think that really helped me deal with it. Because I, 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 being a woman, I always said you had to have two breasts. I mean, you just, two hands, two breasts, two legs, and and to lose one was, I really thought it was going to be a shock to my system. So I I stood there by myself in the dark and said goodbye to it. And and it it really helped me deal with it. And And did you feel, so post-operation, post-mastectomy, 
did you there had to be some grieving um, or was there no, there was because, because i you dealt said, with it before okay. i had the surgery all right yeah. okay yeah. but i'm reminded of it every day when i put my bra on because i didn't have uh reconstructive surgery okay so i have a prosthetic i put in every day in my bra and you look really to, good yeah, thank you can't tell <laughs> nope nope <laughs> No, the only I've had one problem with it where I was swimming with a friend and it popped out of the <laughs> Does it float? Uh, no, it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the only problem. We had a, we had a good laugh. I stuck it back in my bathing suit. Oh my god! Yeah. So, and we were talking too about your uterus, our uterus, okay. right? having a uterus and and you made some decisions or you had to make some decisions. I had to make some decisions. I had um, severe fibroids and that were almost debilitating. I just, I'd come home from work and I just have to lie down and it would last for about two or three days. So I had a hysterectomy and bilateral sapingo-oophorectomy, which is basically everything out. And I'm glad I did do that because I don't have to worry about having ovarian cancer, which can go hand in hand with breast cancer. And I think having a very loving, understanding husband helps. Yeah. It never played a factor into the fact that I only had one breast in our, in our relationship at all. Well, your, your marriage isn't about your boobs. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Although I think we get caught up in that a bit, right? It's, it's our physical appearance. And so this was the question that started this was, did you feel like you lost any of your femininity because no, no uterus, one boob? No. No, no, not at I all. Didn't at all. No, oh, that's good. No, I think it, because I made a conscious decision. I know who I am, and this, these are just parts that I didn't need anymore anyway. You know, wasn't having babies, so and I haven't had any health issues having everything removed because okay. I know some women do have problems. Okay. Um, and I'm lucky I have not had any problems. Yeah. So no, did you have to go through the hot flashes? And I had hot flashes for a week. Literally. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> post we, well, post we, operation. Post operation. Uh, Pre operation. I had the hot hot flashes okay and um but because of the medication i was on so i had hot flashes so i know what hot flashes are like but it was only for a week yeah yeah you didn't have to deal with it no dale didn't have to deal with it no he did not probably probably very grateful for that (laughs) wow so well that's interesting the little hidden stuff now the the removal of your uterus was post-cancer it was post-cancer okay Um, it was between the two cancers. Okay, between yeah. the two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that was because, now, just you told me earlier, it was because uh, fibroids, fibroids, but also because you had breast cancer. There was a... But my doctor was sort of suggesting it because there is a connection because between people who have breast cancer. Uh, there's more chance of having ovarian cancer. Okay. Yeah, increased risk. Okay. So... Yeah, since I wasn't using them anymore. That well. Babies were done. That's right. Nursing that's was done. That's right. <laughs> okay, well, that's interesting. All the things, you know, that you can discover through this whole journey, right. right? Yeah. Again, thanks a lot. And if there's anything else, we'll come back on. Okay. Thanks, Wendy. Really You're appreciate welcome. it. Take care.